Please turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, we are doing a series that I've entitled The High Calling of God, and we are at the moment looking at living a fearless life. Hallelujah. That's, you know, I, I think that is one of the key things to the Christian life, is living a fearless life. Because fear is the thing that short-circuits your faith. It gets in the way of all the things that God wants to do for you. And, um, you know, one of the things that we need to do, and the, the reason that I'm going to Philippians chapter 3 is because of a revelation that I feel like I need all of you to have that I had. <laughs> you know, if I get it, you need to get it. Uh, but <laughs> that I think is important. I, don't, I know there are some things that are just uh, personal t for me, but I know there are other things that apply to the whole body of Christ. And God will show me something, give me a revelation to help the body come out of where they are. And, you know, with this pandemic going on, I feel like fear has been one of the key factors uh, that has been crippling the body of Christ and crippling people um, in all kinds of ways. Um, <laughs> next week, all going well, I'll, I'll be teaching on living a carefree life, casting all your cares upon God, but not this week. All right, this week we're, <laughs> we're still dealing with fear. And there's a few more things I want to share with you. You know, the things that I'm sharing with you, and let me just take a moment to, to say this as well. The things that I'm sharing with you, you know, I'm not just talking about fear and, you know, its presence and so on and so forth. I'm giving you scriptures that you can literally meditate on, that you can confess, that you can declare out of your mouth when fear comes. Amen. This is not about me telling you now be careful of fear, and, which is the worst thing to do, isn't it? And, and, you know, and, and be aware of it and everything else. No, I want you to fight. I want you to stand up and rebuke the thing. I want you to get it out of your life. And that's really something that only you can do, family. I'll give you all the weapons, but it's up to you to use it. Amen. So today I will give you more for your armory. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So in Philippians chapter 3, I know that this verse, verses 13 and 14, I know these verses have been, you know, looked at uh, in terms of ministry and, you know, the high calling of God. Doesn't that all sound so holy and religious? Uh, <laughs> you know, we really need to look at these things from the way they were written. You know, these people didn't see themselves the way ministers see themselves today. I just want to stop there for a minute because, you know, <laughs> going to Bible college and when you see a lot of these religious ceremonies, oh, they're so pious and they're so this and they're so that. And I, I, I'm not saying it's bad, but, you know, you have this kind of separation. Suddenly the reality is gone. You know, but, and the whole point of this is this wasn't written by religious men. These were written by godly men. These were written by people who were in the middle of all kinds of problems. I mean, they were being thrown to lines and everything else. They weren't sitting somewhere quietly writing this. <laughs> okay? You know, we're looking at the Psalms, and we'll look a little bit more at the Psalms today. You know, a lot of them were written by David, a king, a warrior. This wasn't some little priest in a corner. Had nothing else to do with his life. This was somebody that lived life that overcame and he shares with us what he did to overcome his fears and in fact all the fears that he was you know he was seeing fear everywhere he went remember Saul and you know his army hiding out see this is where all of this comes from these people fought 
And when we look at, you know, Hebrews, we find a whole list of the things. You know, they quench fire. They put armies to flight. You know, they shut the mouths of lions. I mean, they, these are the people that wrote. Amen. So I need you to not see this from a, you know, I'm wearing a big robe. That's why I don't wear that stuff. You know, and I'm also there. No, hey, I'm with you. We're in the same boat together, <laughs> okay? And I want you to know, if it works for me, it'll work for you. I don't want you to see me and go, well, he's the priest. It always has to work for me. Are you kidding me? The devil doesn't come to my house and go, ooh, a priest. We have to leave it alone. <laughs> no, he comes with extra help. Right. You guys think you have a problem. <laughs> he's trying to stop me from getting this to you. Right. Hello. <laughs> okay. So what do we do? We do as the Apostle Paul says in Philippians. Whatever problems you've had, they need to stay in the past. I want today to be a new day. I want you to move forward from this point. Amen? And why he says, forgetting those things which are behind. You need to forget what's behind. All your failures, all your fears, everything else. Leave it behind. He says, forgetting what is those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So I am telling, you know, I'm, I'm bringing this to you now from a place of fighting, not from a religious point, but from a point of reality. Amen? And he's saying, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Notice he says in the next verse, I press toward the goal for the high prize of the upward call of the high calling of God. What is, and that is in Christ Jesus, what is the high calling of God? To live a high life. To live a life that is not down here, that is defeated, okay? And that people can't tell the difference between you and the world. That's really sad, family. We should be, you know... The darker things get, the brighter we should shine. Amen. It saddens me when Christians go, oh, it's getting so dark. That's great. You shine brighter. Have you noticed when you put your Christmas lights up? They don't look so good when the sun's out. But wait till the sun goes down. Oh, they really come out and shine. In fact, we have some that keep the neighbors awake. <laughs> They're so bright. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is what I'm trying to tell you, family. You, Jesus said you are the light of the world. He said, now listen, you have to try to be a bit of light, okay? I mean, if you can, just push out at what or two. It's not what he says. He says you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill. Hallelujah. All right, so <laughs> remember again in 2 Timothy 1.7, let's move forward. We are applying this Philippians 3, 4, uh, th uh, 3.13 and 14 to fear now. And we found in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, this is one of those scriptures you really need to meditate on. Because it doesn't only tell you what you don't have. It doesn't only tell you what you shouldn't have in your life. It also lets you know what you should have in your life. Right. You know, you should be living this kind of life. A life that is powerful. I want you to I, notice those three things. It says, but of a spirit of, and I'm going to put a spirit of because that's what he's talking about. He says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind. That's what you have on the inside of you. That's the life that you are to live. One that is full of power. One that loves, because love never fails. 
Amen. It keeps the door open to the miracles of God. Jesus said after he finished Mark 11, 23 and 24, we, we marked it off, but he didn't. He didn't say, now, Mark eleven twenty three. 23, for whosoever shall, <laughs> okay? We put all that stuff in, all right? He was just talking. As soon as he finished this incredible, you know, these incredible two verses, he goes to verse 25 and 26 because he hasn't finished talking and talks about forgiveness without conditions. <laughs> we hoped he put a few conditions. Like if they're really, really nasty, <laughs> okay, no conditions. Do you know why? Because that stops your faith from working. Where is faith? In the heart. If you believe in your heart and doubt not, where is fear and where is, you know, all strife and all of that stuff is in the heart. That's what clogs up your faith. That's why he says, if you've got any unforgiveness, get rid of it. Because it will stop you from moving your mountains. Amen? That's why it says the spirit of love. Because you've got that. You've got that and therefore there's nothing to get in the way of you getting rid of whatever problem is in front of you. Whatever mountain you're facing. And the last thing, I love it. He says the spirit of a sound mind. It means that you think clearly. You're not doing dumb things. Okay, fear has caused people to do the dumbest things. You know, I remember this particular minister saying, you know, he said, I was, you know, I was in a boat and, uh, out in the middle of a uh, river or something, whatever, uh, lake, something or another. Anyway, and he said he sprung a leak, you know, and he said, oh, he was, <laughs> he was in the middle of nowhere and he's, he's, fear hit him. And he said, oh, he was, he was doing everything. And he goes, we do the dumbest things, don't we? So he's wearing this really expensive watch. So he says, oh, i got to save the watch. <laughs> now he's in the middle of a lake and the boat is going down. And it's not so that he, okay. So he says he takes his watch off, wraps it in his shirt. He's putting on, you know, putting on the thing there because he doesn't know how to swim. And he's going, why am I saving the watch? I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we do dumb things. Uh, he lived, by the way. But, of course, otherwise we won't be able to tell the story. But, okay. But, you know, we do the dumbest things when we're not thinking, when we're in fear. And this is the reason why I believe. And, see, this is what the devil wants to do. He wants to get you into so much fear that you stop thinking straight. That you don't think enough to say, hey, I've got to go back to God or I need to do something else. See, you need to put, you know... If you don't have the Word of God in you when you need it, let me rephrase that. If you don't take time to put the Word of God on the inside of you when you don't need it, it won't be there when you need it. Okay? I was going to say to you, if you try to put it in there when you need it, it's going to be difficult. That's, that, yeah, I like what somebody, you know, somebody used this phrase. He said, that's building a house in the storm. That's very hard, <laughs> okay? You want to build it when it's good, on a rock, and then when the storm comes, it'll, it'll, it'll make it. It'll go through it. It'll survive. More than survive. Hallelujah. Praise God. Anyway, back to this. I, I've got stuff to share with you. I don't want to get caught up in this. All right, so <clears throat> I pray, you know, this is one of those things that's more caught than taught, you know? Okay, so I really need to inspire you, and I'm, I'm trying to do that today. All right, so I want you to notice once again that... <laughs> We have not been given a spirit of fear. 
Amen? And we went through and looked at Psalm 91 last time, the whole of the psalm. Um, and it's a, it's a psalm of protection. But I, re- I want you to remember, there were several things we looked at. We looked at Psalm 56, verse 11, where it says, I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Remember that? These are the confessions that you have in your mouth. These are the things that you put in your heart. Remember again, Romans 8.31 said, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. We found in Psalm 46 and 1 that God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help. Not gone somewhere, but a very present help in trouble. And, and therefore, the psalmist says, Therefore, we will not fear, because He is a present help. Amen. Now, what I want to do today is go on to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. One of the things that I feel we struggle with is strength in times of fear. You know, if we had the strength to stand up, I think a lot of us will do a lot better. It's when we feel weak, when we feel defeated, that's when it gets difficult. So I want to go to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. I want to begin there. The Apostle Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, I want you to notice this duality. First of all, he says, Now you be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. So you need to receive that. Remember that this whole life is a faith life. Do you understand what faith is? It's not this, you know, weird thing that's out there. You know, that's that's called faith. Are you one of those faith people? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let me just take it away from there for a minute. Faith is the quality that connects you to God and connects you to His promises and connects you to all the things that He desires for you to have. That's what it is. Okay. I want you to take it away from a religious standpoint now and have it as some understand that you, this is the thing that you use to plug into things. It's your USB thingy. You know, you want to plug it in somewhere. You need to have it. Somebody says, well, I've got all this stuff. You say, you got a USB? No. Well, you can't get it. Go get a USB. Go get faith and come back. Get it? You need a connection. You need to receive. All of the things the Bible says requires you to connect to them and receive them. This is all about you. So, let's... I want to emphasize the you in everything that we say now, all right? So he says again, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Verse 11. I'm going to put the word you in front because this is what he means. You put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Who wrestles? We do. God, can you go wrestle that, please? Now, there is a scripture, there is a scripture, but, (laughs) and I'm going to give you some good news at the end, regardless of how well or badly you do here, God will still bless you and still help you, okay? But can we not stay kids? Can we not stay babies? Can we grow up? Amen? You know, I feel like that's that's a bit of a problem. The Lord says, the the whole thing is full of babies. You know, it's a nursery. (laughs) Most churches are just nurseries. I don't know why you send your kid there. You might say go to. A lot of people, they don't know the word. You'd be surprised how much people don't know. 
So back to this again. He says again, you put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. Notice we do wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rules of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, verse 13, I'm going to say you again, you take up the whole armor of God. See, he's told us in verse 11 to do it. Now he's saying again, take up the whole armor of God. You've got to do it. Amen? And he says that you may be able to withstand. Who? You. You may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand Again, verse 14, you stand therefore. You've got to do this. You need to make the decision to do this. Having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having, the, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I won't preach on all of this because I did a whole series. If I start, we'll never end. Above all, verse 16, taking the shield of faith with, with which you... Did you see the word you? with which you will be able to quench all the fiery doubts of the wicked one. You'll be able to do it. Amen? Verse 17, And you take the helmet of salvation, and you take the sword of the Spirit. This is all stuff you do. Yeah, but the next one doesn't say it. Let me add these words to it. And you need to be praying always. <laughs> okay? All right. You need to be praying always with all prayer and supplication. It says all kinds of prayer, all manner of prayer, which means there's more than one kind of prayer. Come and do the prayer course in Bible college. It takes five whole sections to get through that one. All right. He says, and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, these are all supernatural weapons. God hasn't left you defenseless. He has given you weapons for you to use. Do you know God loves it when you put on his armor? How do I know it's his armor? Well, that's a great question. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 59, shall we? Beside the fact that he's, the, the apostle Paul already said, put on the whole armor of God, where did he get this from? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 59. Probably never been back there. Verses 16 and 17. Well, give me a second, Pastor. The pages are stuck together. Isaiah 59, <laughs> verses 16 and 17. He says, He saw there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own right arm brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness, it sustained him. Verse 17. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation. On his head, and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing. And he tells you what all that is. Amen? We find all of that in Ephesians. So you see, this is God's own armor that has been given to you. Isn't this incredible? You know, in the Old Testament, they couldn't put on this armor because you needed to be saved. You need to be born again. You need to be a new creation. It was very difficult to put this stuff on. Are you all with me? But because we're in the New Testament now, all of this belongs to us. And we need to be literally wearing it and putting it on. <laughs> okay? How do you put on the breastplate of righteousness? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's putting it on. Amen? 
you find scriptures for each of these things. So that when the devil attacks you and see the breastplate is so important. People think the shield is really important and it is. But can I say that the breastplate is more important sometimes? Because that's what, you know, the enemy attacks the heart. If he can attack your heart, then he'll take you down. Amen. Okay, I know the shield is big. I know it's wonderful. But can we protect our heart, please? So that when the enemy comes at us, we're not just hiding and covering behind, you know, this shield all the time. I think it would surprise the devil if suddenly you jumped out of your shield and go, whoa. And he goes, he came out. Oh, is that what he looks like? <laughs> Let me say she. Okay, I'm going to use the girls. All right. She came out. What the? <laughs> you know? And he goes, attack. And, he, and they're throwing everything at, at her. And she's just standing there. Goes by her shield. What? She came out. What's going on? Her breastplate is on. You know that's God's, right? You know we can't pierce that thing. So not only is she standing there or he's standing there with his breastplate on because they know that they are the righteousness of God in Christ. Not their own righteousness, with his, with his, which is filthy rags, but God's righteousness, with his, which is perfect. Dear God, I've been ministering. This is, this is the fifth time I ministered this week. Twice on Friday, twice on Saturday, and once on Sunday. <laughs> so Sorry about this. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> the thing is that you need to get, you need to understand that when you've got that breastplate on, it protects your heart. And you know what your heart does? It moves mountains. You come out there and you begin to do what you, you should be doing and you take the enemy down because you're covered. Now, you know, I like to use my shield to just beat the devil with it. <laughs> <I don't laughs> Have you seen Captain America? Like somebody said, that thing doesn't follow the, the rules of physics. I mean, it, you know, okay, <laughs> it does weird things, <laughs> you know. But the thing is, you know, that's something you can use to beat somebody up with. Don't beat people up, okay. But you understand, we really need to learn how to use these weapons. Hallelujah! All right, <laughs> I want to give you something so that you rise out or rise up and come out of that place. That maybe the devil has backed you into, pushed you down, and said, stay. And you're not doing that anymore. You are the righteousness of God. You are more than a conqueror. Amen. How do you fight with the shield of faith? Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into sea, and shall not doubt, but shall believe. There's your faith. Amen. Okay, I, I got to move on. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It's because of this armor, because we've been given something that is supernatural, that is not subject to change, that is eternal. Remember uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18? Well, we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, because the things that are seen are temporal, and the things that are not seen, these are your weapons. They're eternal. Hallelujah. Amen? They can do all kinds of incredible things. And this is what is brought out in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For what? Pulling down strongholds, which includes fear, family. 
any kind of stronghold in your life, you've been given weapons that are powerful, that are mighty in God to pull them down. Not to kind of look at them and go, oh, that's, that's too bad. I'm sorry I can't come because I got a, you know, problem here. Now, if you don't want to go, that's different. <laughs> you, know? you know, you can be nice and say, look, I just don't feel led to. You don't have to be rude about it. Because sometimes it's better. You know, you got to listen to God whatever you do. Let me just say that and drop it. Okay? All right, getting back to this. Notice he says now, the next verse. Watch the next verse. Verse 5, the reason I brought this scripture out especially at this point is because of verse 5, casting down the new King James, or the King James says imaginations or arguments. I want you to understand something. This is where the fight is. It's in your mind. When you get all this kind of fear coming at you, when you have all of this stuff, and watch what it says, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Can I change that a little bit? Every high thing that exalts itself itself against the Word of God. Anything that the Word says is yours, and it comes and says, no, it's not. That, that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God, against the Word of God, against what God has promised that is yours. And family, if that thing comes up, this is what you do. You cast it down. You don't do, you know, what they did in the Garden of Eden and talk about it. Well, now let's see. Hmm. You lost. You've just lost right there. You start talking to the devil, he will take you down. Subtlety and deception are his traits. Subtlety and deception. You know what subtlety means? You don't even know that you're being taken down. Deception means you have no idea that you just got taken down. You're still deceived. You still think you're going well. <laughs> you know, it's like the guy that's sort of riding their bicycle, you know, like in those cartoons, and suddenly there's no more road. And they go, oops, ah! <laughs> that's what happens to a lot of Christians. They think they're going well until suddenly there's no more ground. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so notice again it says, Notice the two things. Number one, verse 4 says, The weapons of our warfare, the weapons of our warfare, the weapons of our warfare. We're in a fight. We've been given weapons. And it says that they're not normal weapons. They're not carnal, but they are mighty in God. They are designed to pull down strongholds. And it says that the way you begin doing this is by casting down whatever is not right in your head. Put it down. Just say, no, I will not think about that. I will not, you know, don't accept things. Say no. You say no to drugs. Say no to this. It's worse. <laughs> okay? You know, we keep saying, say no to drugs. And then fear comes. Okay. <laughs> Did they die of drugs? No, they died of fear. Oh, okay. That's okay then. Why is that okay? Hmm. All right, <laughs> so it says again, casting down imaginations and arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You bring every thought, you know, you just, you can't let those things run around. <laughs> Amen? You need to catch those things and bring them, you know, the, the way I can say this is in the name of Jesus. Devil, you shut up. Ooh, 
Yeah, you can do that. Do you know why? Because you're a child of God. And I don't care if he says, well, I'm going to come and kill you. You have to get through God to get to me. You already lost that fight, silly. You want to have another bad day? See, this is, this is a problem. People get so scared and go, oh, I can't say that because the devil will come and attack me. I don't know what to do. Why? What? Why are you thinking that way? Stop watching the scary movies. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, it's all shadows. Anyway, <clears throat> listen, listen, listen. No, let me, let me just say this. We found, okay, seven minutes. Joy to the world. All right. <laughs> I don't know if I can, man. Um, <laughs> we, we found, uh, where was it again? Colossians <coughs> 1.13. Remember it said that he has delivered us from the power of darkness. Don't underestimate darkness, but don't give it more due than it ought to be given. Do you understand? There is a power of darkness. It is killing people. It is destroying lives. It is there. It is powerful. But you've been given something even more powerful. See, this is the reason why you need to know that your weapons are more powerful than anything that the kingdom of darkness, which does have power, okay? Your weapons are more powerful than all of its power put together. Jesus proved that when he, by himself, just absolutely, you know, I'm spitting everywhere, defeated the devil humiliated him and then rose up one guy one guy one in hell <laughs> okay and the devil and all of his muscles and all of his whatevers one guy took him all down and then came to live in you ha 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 you know some days forget the weapon <laughs> you got him in there the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end. Amen. He'll just take anything down. That's why you need to tell the devil, you, you want this to be your end? You really want this? See, we don't do this, family. That's the reason why the devil just rides. You know, he is, he is <laughs> if he could pray, he would be praying <laughs> that you never wake up, that you never get this revelation. Because if you do, and when you do, it's curtains for him. All right, I, <laughs> I have a little bit more time. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. You know, all of this requires time with God. I'm giving you good news today. But I need to also let you know what you need to do to get there. Isaiah chapter 40. I want to begin reading in verse 28 and through to verse 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Verse 29, listen, he gives power to the weak. He gives power to the weak. If you are feeling like, God, I have nothing left in me, that's the time he comes in and gives you power. If you're doing well, hallelujah. But if you ain't, he's not going to leave you alone. He won't go. Oh, well, that's sad. Forgot to put your armor on this morning, did we? Well, you're in trouble there, bucko. 
<laughs> okay, no. Listen, this is why I told you there's good news. All right? <laughs> Even if you mess up with your armor and your breastplate is falling out and you know, your sword, you know, what happened to it? It's stuck in the sheet because it's just all rusted in and whatever. And you haven't pulled it out for ages. Hey, listen to me. God still loves you. God is still your daddy, which is what we're getting to in a minute. Okay, That you need to understand that he's not going to let the devil get at you. Do you remember the term you know, that he is a jealous God? It has been used in all the wrong ways. I want to tell you the right way to use that term. He is not jealous as in, oh, I'm so jealous because you are, oh, I don't. No, no, not that kind. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> it's not that kind of jealousy. It's the kind that says, I created you. I know what I designed and destined you to do. I don't want anybody else to put their hands on you. Because anything less than me will be less. I trust in you. I believe in you. I love you. I gave my life for you. Nobody else did. I only have the very best plan for you. And as much as you think you can do with your life, I can do better. Amen. I got taught when I, from, you know, in religion. They said, oh, you might have all these plans, but God will humble you and put you down. And he'll make, you know, one of those guys, you know, and they spit all over you and everything else. And you come out, you go out of church feeling worse than when you went in. Somebody says, you want to go to church? Said, oh, I'm depressed enough. I don't need that. Thank you very much. You know, okay, all right. You know, that, listen. God is the one that wants to lift you up. He has got the very best. And because, you know, because of that, I didn't want to have anything to do with God. Because I thought, <laughs> I don't need His help in my life. I don't know what the big deal is. Then I found out everybody lying about Him. And I found that what He wanted to do with me was so much better. Hallelujah. And had eternal rewards. Oh, that was a good incentive. So I said, yeah, sure, okay, we'll do that. All right, so <laughs> that's a good package, man. It's better than dental, you know. All right, <laughs> it says, he, verse 29, he gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Can you see this? Doesn't leave you alone. All right, verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Verse 31, here is the key verse. Listen carefully. But those who wait on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord. You need to learn how to wait on the Lord. Watch. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Isn't that incredible? Are you getting this? Are you beginning to see this? We need to learn how to wait on God because that's where our strength comes from. That's where all of this stuff begins to bubble and start to work in your life. You know, if the only times that you're going to God is when you're in trouble, it, you're never going to be doing this. You need to wait on the Lord when things are going well. Why don't you give Him a little bit of time? Amen? And can I say this? If you do that, I will guarantee you, I will guarantee you, you'll get into less trouble. I will guarantee you that he'll keep you from trouble. You won't be trouble-free because there is a devil and we're not perfect. We will miss him sometimes. He'll tell us something and we'll go, oh, but I really, really want it. And then we'll go, oh, 
Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> okay? We do that. We do that. Until we get our resurrection bodies, we, it's going to be fighting us all the way to heaven. Our natural bodies I'm talking about. Okay? So, I've, I got to finish because I've run out of time. Just so the devil doesn't deceive you into thinking that this is all just about you again, I want to take you now to Isaiah chapter 41. You're at 40, just go one chapter more. 41 and verse 10, God says, fear not. This is do with fear. He says, fear not. Why? For I am with you. He said, do not be dismayed or be not dismayed, for I am your God. Not your circumstance, not the thing that is attacking you. I'm your God. He says, I will strengthen you. There's no question marks here. I will help you. Watch now, he says, number one, I'll strengthen you, but I won't then tell you now you go do your own fighting. He goes, I'll strengthen you. I'll also help you. Oh, praise God. And he says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hallelujah. This is what you meditate on. Here's another scripture. You're dealing with fear. Here's another scripture for you to meditate on. Amen? This needs to become real to you. It needs to be God saying to you. You need to see God standing right in front of you and saying, Don't be afraid. Fear not. You go, Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. He goes, I'm with you. Okay. You know, if that's all he said, I would be happy. If he just said, Don't be afraid. I got this. You go, Yeah, Lord. Sorry, devil. You're in trouble now, man. You done messed with the wrong kid. Why do I keep saying that? All right, we have, I've run out of time totally. So let's go to 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 very quickly. <laughs> Even though all of this is written in the Old Testament, because there has been this thought, oh, that's for the Jews. It's Old Testament. Uh, no, it's for God's people. You know, even the Bible, I think the Apostle Paul said, not all Israel is Israel. Jesus spoke to the religious leaders, Jews, and said to them, you are a father of the devil. You have no idea what you are doing. You are fighting God himself and you don't even realize it. You are plotting ways to kill me. And don't even realize that I am here on behalf of the Father. In fact, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So why do you have murder in your heart? Hmm? So he's not talking about just Jews. This, is all, this has always spoken to believers. Amen? And today we have one step up from that. We're not just believers, but the Apostle John says, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. God bestowed this on us. We didn't ask for it. We couldn't earn it. We didn't twist his arm. Come on, God. Okay, okay, you can have it. It's not the way it worked. Okay? He said, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. He did this, that we should be called the children of God. Do you see the exclamation mark? Is there one up there? Okay, there should be one up there. Do you understand that this was an excellent... You know, he was exclaiming this. This was like one of those, wow! 
statements. Don't read it like, oh, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. We call it, okay, so now we have the... Don't read it like that. That's not how we wrote it. He was jumping around the room. The Apostle John, he was so saintly. Oh, come on, man, get over it. These guys, you know? <laughs> Sons of thunder? Yellow? They went up on a mountain. Somebody was beating somebody up at the time. <laughs> Jesus said, you want to follow me? Oh, yeah. Put the guy down. Yeah, sure, Lord, let's go. <laughs> I think this guy's had it anyway. <laughs> we we got to stop doing this. we got to understand where this is coming from. It's the same guy that writes this. Son of thunder says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Verse 2, be, Beloved, now we are children of God. And it doesn't stop there. You know, let me read the rest of it. For it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. And they were on the mountaintop and He's, he's shown like the sun. And they went, woo! And He was talking to Moses and Elijah. Come on, I think this is God. You think? <laughs> okay. Walked on water, rose, raised the dead. Oh, you know, some of those things should give it away. Hallelujah. I've said, in other words, if God would do so much for Old Testament saints who were not born again, not part of his family at the time, how much more would he do for us today who are a part of his family? Do you get this now? Do you understand why he was so excited? It meant that everything and anything God had ever promised now belonged to us. Old Testament and new because we have a better covenant Hallelujah. So we can understand why. Now the Apostle Paul says again, listen, it's up to us. We need to forget those things which are behind. Amen. We need to reach forward to those things. That we need to press toward that mark, that high life, that high calling of God in our life. Amen. Live a fearless life. We have everything to do so. Make the decision. God will never leave you, never forsake you. He's with you. He'll, he'll just hold your hand every step of the way, if that's what it takes. But he does want you to grow up. Amen? I know we're done. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Father. Thank you for this revelation. And I thank you, Father, for each and every individual here, Father, that they have received not just information, but I pray that they received a revelation from you, God. I can't give that to them, but you can. And I pray that they walk out of here stronger, more on fire for you. And, Father, that they do know that all of this comes through relationship. Those that wait on the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.